0: Clara and welcome to the Destinate NZ show. I'm Michelle Caldwell, one half of the hosting panel, and today we're heading to Italy. Well, a big welcome back to all of our listeners. It's great to have you here tuning in for what is going to be another really insightful chat with our special guest from Italy. Yes, that's right, Buongiorno. Craig Smith is joining us today for a chat from the European perspective. Craig works in travel and tourism representation in Europe and looks after a number of New Zealand and Australian accounts, including Go Rentals and Tourism Western Australia. He has a long history selling New Zealand to the UK and European markets, so it will be great to share his perspective on our tourism recovery. So if you've been tuning in for a little while now, you know that we've covered off Australia, North America, and we initially welcomed Keith Marsh from the UK as our first international guest last year. And this week, we're obviously heading to Europe, but it's not the last time we're going to go international listeners. So keep tuning in over the next few weeks. We've got a great lineup of guests coming directly to you every Wednesday morning. So you've probably noticed that Chambers isn't here once again this week. I think I'm going to have to have a chat to her, but never fear, she does come in for the interview with Craig. So it's great that she's so busy down in Mount Cook, and we look forward to having a chat with her soon. Now, Craig has some interesting perspectives that he shares in this chat, and one of the ones that I wanted to touch on initially was the regional dispersal chat now we have been talking for a few months about being hopeful of international visitors having a look at all of our great content that us Kiwis are doing when we're out visiting and exploring the backyard and obviously doing something new and that when they come back they might want to themselves get off the beaten track a little bit more than they traditionally have. Craig seems to think that the brag factor is going to take precedent here. So keep tuning in to hear what he has to say. Would love to hear your views as well. I'm still hopeful that they will get out and about a little bit more, but completely see his point as well that, yeah, we haven't been able to travel for a few years and people will just be looking to tick off those major um, destinations and attractions on their bucket list, if you like. And the other part that is really interesting is the advice that he gives for operators. And he did say it seems to be more in Australia than New Zealand at the moment, but there are some New Zealand operators who simply aren't accepting bookings post-April because there's just this uncertainty around border reopenings at the moment. So he's got some good advice. Basically, guys take the bookings, get them in your system, but keep tuning in and hopefully really enjoy what he has to say and you get something out of it. Last week, I mentioned that we'd cover off some of the SCIFT mega megatrends on redefining travel in 2022. And I think this week, there's a couple that are pretty relevant to our chat with Craig. The first one being the fact that uncertainty is the new certainty. So if you believe the people who tell you when and how the travel recovery will take shape, be assured that no one has precise answers right now. So while pandemics and crises aren't new, of course, Companies are taking uncertainty into more of their future forecasting. And those that are flexible with a greater diversity of business lines will perform the best against unknowns. So, we've already seen great examples of this in New Zealand. And one of the best cases that I have seen myself is obviously the online experiences. So all of those businesses out there who recognize that when we're in lockdown or you don't have as many visitors coming, people are choosing to do online experiences from overseas. And it's a great way to put your business in front of a global market, but also bring in a completely new revenue line. So if you have a look at the workshops page on my website, you'll see what I'm talking about and get in touch if you're interested in knowing more about this. Skift also predict that we're going to see a lot more unbundling of products as well. So think of your low-cost carrier bottle where you buy a seat and then if you want a bag, you pay a little bit extra and if you want movies and a meal, you pay a little bit more on top of that. Well, internationally, we're now seeing hotels charging for a resort or facility fee. So this enables the business traveller who doesn't necessarily want to use the spa and sauna and swimming pools and tennis courts at a lesser rate than those who are coming for leisure who do want to take advantage of all of those facilities. So I'm not aware of anybody doing this in New Zealand yet, but it is happening overseas and I'd love to hear from you if you are in a business that has started to look at unbundling your product and how you're doing that to cater for potentially different audiences when the internationals do return. The other trend is obviously the different booking patterns that we're starting to see. And Ren talked about this last week. Craig touches on it again today. But they probably will be a lot shorter than what we've seen in the past. We've got the de-risking of travel booking happening through terms and conditions that offer flexibility for the traveler as well. So what are you doing in your business to basically de-risk it for them? So Can they cancel without any penalty? Can they change the dates if they want to? Is there a refund if they do that? And... Of course, there's better options for travel insurance starting to come out as well through these times. And we've also seen some fantastic travel insurance apps that have been developed, which really improve the customer experience if you need to claim. So instead of sitting online or sitting on a a phone call for hours on end on hold while you're on holidays trying to make a claim, you can do it online and you get immediate assistance and immediate help. Like as you're there doing it online. So making it seamless for customers and that sounds like a pretty good way to go. So a little bit of food for thought for operators anyway as we start to prepare for our border reopening. I say that very hopefully. And don't forget, I'm here as Destinate NZ to help with your sales and marketing efforts to prepare for international guests again. So please do get in touch if you feel that you need some additional resource to get going again. DestinateNZ.com is the website and happy to have a chat to you about how we might be able to help. Well, let's get on with the show now, and we hope you all enjoy this episode. Don't forget, if you're on Spotify or Apple, please leave us a five-star review. We love to hear your feedback. And we'll see you all again next Wednesday. Ka Well, we're continuing our theme of going international this week with a very special guest dialing in all the way from Italy. Craig Smith is joining us now. So welcome to the show, Craig and kia
1: Kia ora. Thank you so much, Michelle. Lisa, it's good to see you. It's uh, it's great to be part of the show and I've enjoyed listening to it over the past year or so. It's been a great way of uh, staying in touch with New Zealand tourism. So thank
2: you. Nice. Thank you. That's one of our uh, Italian listeners that we picked up (laughs) on. So Craig, look, you have a very long history working in tourism. Before our listeners who maybe don't know you, can you give us an overview of your career today? Well,
1: I'm a Kiwi, clearly by my accent, but I've lived most of my adult life outside of New Zealand. So that's been in the UK for a long time, in Australia and for the past almost 16 years here in Italy. And the whole whole this time, my, my whole tourism career has been based around New Zealand tourism, which has been great. So despite living outside of New Zealand, I've always been involved in New Zealand tourism, selling New Zealand as a destination and promoting New Zealand products. So... That's what I continue to do. So I'm involved in tourism marketing and representation here in Europe and promoting New Zealand products and also Australian tourism products. So my main account with, as far as New Zealand goes, is I work, I go rentals. so I've been working with James and the team there for the past coming up nine years now. And mm-hmm. Go's got an excellent reput- reputation as a brand with, with their uh, European specialists who sell New Zealand. And so it's mm-hmm. great to be part of that success. And I've got product, I represent product in Australia as well. I have been representing cruises and resorts in the Great Barrier Reef out of Cairns and Port Douglas. And just recently I've signed an agreement to work with Tourism Western Australia here in Italy because from, from June, Qantas have plans to fly direct flight to Rome to Perth. So Tourism Western mm-hmm. Australia stepping up their activities in Italy. So I'm right. involved in that, so that's great. So, yeah, mm, some days I'm a Kiwi, and uh, other days I pretend to be an Aussie. But it's, <laughs> I've been pretty great. lucky that. <laughs> I, yeah, I've been pretty lucky that over the years, having been involved in New Zealand tourism, that I've managed to get back to New Zealand at least once a year for the likes of trends and to see family and so forth. So, over the past couple of years, clearly I haven't been to New Zealand because of what's, everything that's gone on. So, mm-hmm. but I. I it hasn't been so bad because I've always thought well you've been really really lucky for the past 25 years I've been to New Zealand at least once a year and and a lot of people don't get that opportunity so so uh, yeah that's me in a nutshell.
0: Nice and hopefully it's not too much longer before you're allowed to come home and even self-isolate possibly.
1: Hope I I think it's probably more likely I'll be in Australia before I'm in New Zealand but we'll see Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. yeah
0: fair enough so you mentioned you're based in Italy and if we look back on our COVID-19 journey Italy was one of the first countries that was hit hard um, by COVID tell Mm -hmm. us what life's been like living there
1: Um. well you're right yeah Italy was hit hard uh, the first time the first lockdown I remember I was about to go to Berlin for ITB and join the Tourism New Zealand stand there, but ITB was canceled at the very last minute, but I went to Germany anyway that week to catch up some accounts and see some people, which was good that I went. And then when I came back to Italy, everyone was talking about lockdown and I really couldn't believe it. But our first lockdown was two months and strangely for the Italians, they did do everything that they should have done. Supermarket shelves were always fully stocked and everyone behaved themselves. And we came out of lockdown and it was spring and the weather was wonderful. And the 2020 summer was a fantastic summer, Our beaches, hotels, bars were full, and, and everything was seemingly back to normal. Likewise, the last summer 2021 was the same, and I recently saw some stats that the southern Mediterranean destinations like Greece and Italy and Spain and Portugal, their summer holiday arrivals were just only slightly below 2019 last year, so, oh. but that's clearly because oh. Europeans are having to travel in Europe, they haven't been able to yeah. go further afield of course yeah um, so yeah it, it, it was odd but italy's done well at the moment we're having 150 new daily cases but restrictions are few we're all highly vaccinated mm. yeah so it's around covid's around but it's just part of life now it's no it's no big deal really
2: mm-hmm. okay mm. and so do you still get daily updates obviously with the amount of cases but are many people paying much attention?
1: Not, not really. Sometimes you, you go into the news pages and stuff to, to see what the COVID cases are like and you have to scroll down several articles to find it. Right. Uh, and, li- and likewise today, like I look on stuff every morning just to catch up to New Zealand news and, and it was several articles before mm. I to see what the New Zealand case. So yeah, it's, as I said, it's around, but no one considers it such a big deal anymore. Everyone's had it, everyone's got it and it's just a, a cold at home really. The annoying thing is that the um, quarantine... That's the annoying thing. Not mm. so much the worry of getting COVID. It's having to be staying at home for a certain amount of days. Uh, that, yeah, that's right. the bother.
0: Mm. Yeah. 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 And what's tourism like now? In
1: Presently, uh, it's pretty quiet, although I think the yeah. ski seasons are doing pretty well in the Alps and the Dolomites. Uh, I think the ski seasons are doing well because uh, mm-hmm. there's quite a bit of snow. But I was in Germany a couple of weeks ago and I have to say I've never seen the airports so quiet. You know, oh, really? I, would, wow. I would have to book a car park to get in to make several days before to ensure I had a car park at the airport. but I booked it, but I drove there, it was just like an empty parking lot, basically, and the, wow. the, the departure halls and the arrival halls are just empty. Munich airport was like a ghost town. And so that's pretty sad to see. And, but as I said, once summer hits, things will change. People will start traveling again, and things will be okay. It's just the time of the year, but yeah, so once summer happens, people start traveling.
2: Are you seeing any uh, new trends starting to come through in terms of types of travel or experiences that people are looking for or lengths of stay? Or
1: I think people are still a bit cautious. They're not booking too far out. Uh, they're waiting for the last bookings because they want to make sure that they can be travelling. But as far as types of holidays, uh, well, the Europeans, they either have got the income to be able to travel long haul And they will, once they're able to do that, they will do so, or they're just staying in Europe and it's your bucket and spade holidays that they're booking for the forthcoming summer. But there are some destinations that seemingly are doing well out of Europe, Asia, and some of the Indian ocean destinations and North America has been doing pretty well as as well. And then last year before Omicron came along, Southern Africa was doing great. And I had some stats of Southern African, like Namibia and South Africa were rivals were were pre-COVID levels because. Clearly oh, wow. people who want to travel long haul, they weren't able to go anywhere else, so Rock, was yeah. the place to go. And then of course Omicron came along and put a stop to all that, which the is a shame to for that. those African destinations, but
0: yeah. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? And what have you seen, if we think of New Zealand and Australia and the wholesale market that supported our markets down here, what's happened to them since COVID's hit. Have you seen any closures, consolidations? Have they just managed to stay afloat? What yeah, what's happening
1: unfortunately there haven't been too many closures. There's been a couple, but not many big ones. I think it also depends on how each country has managed their own wage subsidy schemes. Yep. And uh, for example, the Kurzarbeit scheme in Germany was pretty successful and that people working on 20, they call it short working in Germany, you know, 20 or 30% working from home uh, and being topped up by the government and, but from late last year and, and now into January, most people are back hundred percent working in the office again, because they're, they're preparing what? the programs for the coming year, because the anticipation is that destinations will start opening up in the coming months and, and the sun to prepare that. So for the likes of Germany, it did pretty well. I'm not sure the furlough scheme in the UK did as well. And I think we've lost probably a lot of talented and experienced people, from our industry to us, we to other industries, not in travel and we, we probably won't get those people back. So, but I saw a buyer's list for a UK event that I'll be going to, uh, soon. And you know, about half of the names of the product managers I recognized. So I guess once trends can happen again for international, um, buyers, I think you'll find that many of the names will be familiar, uh, but there'll be a lot of newbies and. Mm. That's not necessarily a bad thing because no. it gives opportunity for, for new product because mm-hmm. some markets are much more set in their ways than others. Mm-hmm. And, and and they've been booking the same hotel for 30 years because that's mm-hmm. what they book and that's what they've always booked. And they've just had no reason to change. Or if there's been no, a reason to change, they just haven't done anything about it. But I think if someone new comes along, they might look at product with some fresh eyes and go, well, hang on, is, is this hotel really what our clients, you know, is, is it a really ideal place for our clients? Can we be looking at, at other things? So. I think this will give opportunity for new product to be involved in in different programs. So, yeah, it depends on the market and how they manage their wage subsidy subsidy schemes. Um, But fortunately, as far as New Zealand goes, there have been a couple of closures, consolidations or investment companies buying out some of these businesses, but most of the main brands remain.
2: Yeah. Mm. Oh, awesome. It's good to hear there's some newbies in the industry as well. We always welcome newbies, don't we? Yeah, Um, yeah. So are you starting to see some recovery in the travel agent sector since the borders have started opening elsewhere?
1: Yes, um, because the traditional distribution channels in tourism have always been very important for the European travel and the UK travel. As we know, the consumer protection laws in in Europe are are very strict Mm -hmm. and the consumer is always protected. If a consumer is booking their long-haul holiday with their local travel agent, who are then in turn booking with the local, for example, German tour operator, who Uh then in turn, this is the distribution channel, but we all know, in turn booking with inbound operator in New Zealand, the whole, the full responsibility is on the tour operator in in Europe. So if the client turns up in, in New Zealand and something goes untoward with their holiday, the tour operator in Germany or in Europe will have to refund the client in full. So There were cases when COVID hit that product suppliers weren't refunding inbounders or tour operators for our new services. And they would say, just claim it on clients, claim it on the insurance. Well, they Mm -hmm. didn't have to claim on insurance because the clients would just get all the money back from the tour operator. So it's the tour operator that was left out of pocket. And so that this chain will, will remain extremely important after COVID in fact, even more important because Mm. the consumer is so well protected. And yeah, we have a lot of people booking with OTAs and of course they have low lead in rates and drip pricing, which, which we know does work psychologically. People, even if they're booking a a product on a low rate and even if they're paying later, when they get to the destination, they still think they got a good deal, even if they end up probably (laughs) paying more. Um, But they don't have the same protection and if something goes wrong, they left high and dry, basically. And mm-hmm. of all the, the issues that I've seen during COVID with people being out of pocket, it's because they've booked with OTAs and there's you know, huge, massive machines. And every time you try and contact somebody, it's a different person. You have to explain it yeah. again. The clients get frustrated. Whereas with the traditional channels, the, the, the travel agents, these people have got somebody.
0: Yeah. It's a personal connection. It's a
1: personal thing. So yeah. yeah, to answer your question, Lisa, they will remain extremely important. Uh, even more so, I think, going ahead. Yeah,
0: yeah. we spoke to Renata West last week on the show for the North American market, and he said exactly the same thing. So you've just got to wonder what discussions are being held inside the OTAs at the moment, because this Uh seems to be a common problem right across the world in that so many people, they'd gobbled up such a big part of the market pre-COVID and then left so many people High and dry pretty much That's as right. it would have started closing. Yep. So you've, you've got to start wondering what, how their model will change and what sure. what they'll do to, I guess, gain the trust of customers yep. again, hey? Mm.
1: And to reiterate what what Ren said last week, to dust off those databases for for New Zealand product suppliers, I would also say to be contacted your inbounder as a first step because we're starting to see inbounders that will have been reactivated for a while now and some of the Big ones are, are placing bookings for later this year and into, into 20, 2023. I had a booking the other day for December, 2023, mm-hmm. but also there are a lot of smaller niche inbound operators who are doing more business than some of the bigger, more well mm-hmm. known yeah. names. So yeah, so yeah, be yeah, contacting those inbounders because they're going to be really, really important once the restart happens. And once, once there's border certainty, and that's, what's going to happen is that people are going to be book once, once there is border certainty, people are going to be booking and traveling immediately uh pretty much immediately traditionally out of europe you might have a six or nine month lead in time for a a booking but as soon as say new zealand says we're open from the first of april well then the bookings are going to come in maybe not for traveling in may or june but certainly shoulder season september october yeah so yeah they're going to be it's going to be great for shoulder season september october and and into the summer so people are going to be booking and, and traveling pretty much immediately which is good
2: there's obviously still demand and are people still using credit that they had left from?
1: Yeah, so that's been a big thing As a lot of operators have managed to retain the clients and we've seen bookings that the people are booked to travel in 2020 and then they cancelled. Uh, they rebooked for 21, then they've rebooked for 22 now uh, and they're rebooking for 2023. So it's four years in a row, in a row that they've, they've rebooked, which is great. So I hear of operators who are refusing to take bookings operators in Australia or in New Zealand refusing to take bookings until there's board uncertainty or beyond April April this year, which is ridiculous really because you need to get these people in. You need to get mm. them booking and if not, maybe committing to a date, but at least they're in your system. At least they're they a client. Put in. Yeah. And, and that way when they can travel, they're your client. They're not going elsewhere.
2: So
0: mm.
1: um they have used you know the credit has been an important thing. So yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Now, and that leads in quite nicely to my next question. In terms of sentiment towards Australia and New Zealand, and obviously you're now working with Western Australia, who have had a pretty hard border closure policy yes. similar to New Zealand mm-hmm. um, through the time. Are you seeing any changes in the way that the trade is responding to? East Coast Australia versus West Coast Australia and New Zealand, or are they seeing it together? Are they getting a bit fed up that there's no certainty around New Zealand border oh, openings? <laughs> like,
1: yes, what's we're, we're all ready, as we all know, we're all ready for these border <laughs> openings. General perception, I guess, for New Zealanders. General perception, yes, New Zealand handled the pandemic very, very well. Australia less so, but I don't think that's going to impact on people's decisions to go to one destination or the other. I think right. generally people have always wanted to go to New Zealand or they've always wanted to go to Australia. And I don't think that's going to change. They're not going to, not thinking, we do, let's, as soon as we can, we're going to go down under. be it New Zealand, Australia, and also you've got the, the Southern Pacific destination, you know, Fiji or Tahiti, and, and people are, have always wanted to go there. So it's it's a destination that they've want, wanted to go to, and, and that perception is not going to change. I think New Zealand, it might be of a generalization, but I think New Zealand as a tourism industry is a lot more ready than Australia is to accept tourists. Whereas the country in New Zealand, well, clearly not ready. the borders aren't open. Whereas in, in Australia, we've seen the states are starting to open up the borders. Mr. Morrison, I think last week said he's hoping the country as a whole will be open before Easter, mm. which caused a lot of excitement in the trade. The likes of Qantas starting again, London Heathrow, Perth flight. And then from June, they're going to do Rome for Michino to Perth. Uh, that's gonna, that's gonna be excellent for the European because yeah, one, one flight and well, you're getting, yeah. plane, big, you're getting on a plane, getting on a plane be it in, in Heathrow, and you're already on the Qantas flight. You're already in Australia, basically. But I'm not sure. So Australia is a country, and the various states are getting ready to open up for international tourists. But I'm not sure. There's a lot of I think there's a lot of product suppliers in Australia that aren't so ready. And the example I used before that some operators are saying, which well, is not taking bookings beyond April because there's no point. That's happening more in Australia than it is in New Zealand. So right. Mm. But general perception is is. Yes, New Zealand has handled it very, very well. And regardless of what's happening now, I don't think it's going to impact on people booking. Clearly, if people are wanting, booking a holiday and they want to go this summer or later this year, they're going to be booking destinations where there's border certainty, be that mm. North America or elsewhere. And if, if, if we don't have any border certainty in the next couple of months, well, we've basically lost the 2022 to 2023 summer business as well.
0: Yeah, well, we've had a a note here from Barnes, which is the Board of Airline Representatives of New Zealand, and I think they've basically said if there's no certainty by the mid to end of February, airlines won't even be scheduled yes. to come here for the summer so it's not just about people and travelers making decisions to go elsewhere it's the fact that they won't be able to get here because the planes have gone elsewhere yeah so there's yeah yes. there is a bit of um, urgency around some of these. and i
1: think it's important as well that the mes- the media unfortunately sends out the wrong messages or they jump on offhand comments by people and then create a big article about it and then it gets into the media up here and and it's not exactly what happened because people just yeah. read the headline and that's a shame. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's a shame that happens.
2: Mm, for sure.
0: I saw an article last week, Craig, that mentioned it was in Australia saying that even though borders were open, not many internationals were arriving. And I guess that's not a huge surprise. And then I read another article after that to say that only four countries were allowed into Australia, which I didn't actually realise until I saw that. But mm. when our markets do start travelling, what segments do you think will travel first? And where's the demand going to come from?
1: I think first is going to be students and working holiday visas definitely and we see that the australian states are are opening up first to students because clearly student business is is huge for new zealand australia universities and schools Mm -hmm. make a lot of money off international student um, programs which is which is great and and the and holiday visas are Mm -hmm. going to be very important so they're the ones that are going to be um coming in first yeah. And then after that, there'll be the leisure travelers, probably the semi-retired, the retired ones, who had booked for 2020, 2021, 20, and have still got all that the, the intention to travel. The phrase we've heard a million times, pent-up demand to travel, that is there. That's right. Uh, so it's going to be that older, semi-retired, retired age group who've got the money to spend. And mm-hmm. so I think it's going to be both ends of the spectrum, less yeah. less families, less people, who perhaps have, there'll be families of people that have saved up we want to go? Because our lifetime uh, dream is to travel New Zealand. That's probably not going to happen so soon. It's going to be mm-hmm. both ends. It's going to be the students and the working visa, working holiday makers, and it's going to be the the ones that have got a bit of liquidity to spend. Mm. So
2: yeah, okay, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And also with those students and those backpackers, they also spend a long time in the country, don't they? So that's right. um, if things change within that country, they're still there and they've got that time up their sleeves, haven't they? So
0: yep so there's been so many articles saying how there's a shortage of workers Mm -hmm. every industry is screaming for workers so if you're sitting overseas watching our news you kind of know that you can get here and probably find a job within 24 hours at the moment yeah sorry
1: yeah Mm yeah but there needs there needs to be more certainty because the people that what people don't want is to be stranded and i think that's good that um some of the news coming out of New Zealand saying there's going to be, there are, there will be no more lockdowns, which is great because the, the, that is the fear of people. That's my fear, even me mm. just going from, from Bologna to Munich or Bologna to Amsterdam. Yeah. You know, that's my fear is even just getting stuck here in Europe, yeah. which is yep. Just is just an hour and a half's flight. And when I was in Germany a couple of weeks ago, I had to do a COVID test before getting on that plane. I was thinking, gosh, if I'm positive, well, I'm what happens? <laughs> yeah. Just hire a car and drive home probably instead yeah. of flying, but. In yeah. the end, no one checks it. You have to take the COVID <laughs> test before you get on the plane. You have to have your vaccination certificate, but no one checked anyway. So what? yeah, it was, they have these protocols in place, but no one checks, so.
2: Yeah. That's interesting because uh, that's the same in Aussie as well. It's no longer required to have to have the test. They ask that you do do the test, oh. but that's it. <laughs> just no one okay. checking. <laughs> no one's
0: checking. It's up to you.
1: The cynics among, among us to say it's just a money-making scheme.
0: It's great
1: for the cath labs. (laughs) Yes, that's right. Yeah. 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 It costs too. It's a a lot of money. Like just just for a rapid antigen test at at the airports here, it's 40 or 50 euros.
2: Yeah. Wow. 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 Yeah. Yeah. And so, what do you think, Craig, some of the biggest opportunities for tourism businesses in New Zealand are?
1: Well, uh, I think self drives are going to be key they always have been your camper vans and your your cars, higher cars, smaller group touring rather than the larger group touring. I think once people start traveling again, they're going to be probably going to the key scene. Regional dispersal's not going to be as mm, successful as they've wanted it to be in the past. I think people are going to, it's been been a number of years since they've traveled. They want to go back to, if if it's a second or third trip, they're probably going back to what they've already seen, so it's going to be the standard touring route through New Zealand. So it's going to be the key centres, I think, initially. You know, a couple of years later, you know, maybe twenty four, twenty five, when we start seeing um, the numbers coming back again. So smaller group touring if they're traveling in a group or cars and campus. But you know, what else is there when you're traveling around New Zealand? Uh, yeah. Get on a bike, I guess. But...
0: <laughs> There's a few big hills. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah.
2: People do it. They do. And unbelievably the kiwis have been doing it crazy yes lots yes. Mm. that's interesting what you say about the regional dispersal though craig is one of the things that we've noticed over here during this period of border closures is just how much the kiwis have been getting out and about Shots. these different regions learning these little secret spots and new hot spots and michelle and i and myself have been out to random secret spots of New Zealand and experience them and we've always hoped that that regional dispersal would happen but I can see what you're saying if they're coming back they want to do the hot spots they want to do the route that they've known and it's really really interesting
1: because it's, it's bragging rights as well and you know people go oh, we just spent a holiday to New Zealand oh did you go did you see Queenstown oh no but we went to Wanaka oh and, and I guess with New Zealand you've got a a 10-day a or a three-week holiday or two or three-week holiday you can pretty much get to see everywhere. Whereas in Australia, it's very, very different. The first time that someone goes to Australia, they've got to see the rock, the reef, and Sydney. Yeah. Those are the three places you have to go to. And if you don't go to those, you haven't got the bragging rights when you come home around the dinner table. Oh, did you go to Sydney? No, we went elsewhere, and it was it was amazing. Oh, did you see well, little? No, we didn't, because we went and saw the pinnacles or went to the Kimberley yeah. instead. And what go, oh, <laughs> yeah. what is that? It's there. The bragging rights, I think, are very important.
0: Put yourself on the bragging rights map.
1: I think, Yeah. <laughs> And remember the campaign back in the, was it the nineties? Don't don't leave home till you see the country. Was it yep. New Zealand? Yep tourism board or and it's interesting now like 30 years later it's come home again it's the truth it's what people have been able to do get out yeah. and see the country mm.
0: yeah yeah absolutely well we've had the do something new new zealand campaign operating right yeah. through covid but we've got a comedian here i don't know if you saw it but tom sainsbury and he did this hilarious takeoff of basically being an instagram influencer and yeah. uh, what well, that was Damn. one of the first ads it was kind of like don't go there don't be like sure. this and don't do what everybody else has done because there's a cute to get to that spot that everybody wants their photos and yeah so it was quite a clever campaign just I remember when
1: I was a kid in Wanaka and I would have been seven or eight years old and uh, one of my dad's friends walked to the top of Roy Peak
0: oh. and this is
1: this is like in the 80s and he came back down and he had a packet of Rothman cigarettes and I remember clearly he opened the packet of cigarettes and in the, in the box was a tiny little stone a little rock it was a little triangular piece of rock and he goes I've just shaved the top off Roy's Peak and I bought it back he had it, he had it there, so.
2: in a packet of bags
1: that's right and I still remember that and even now when I see those Instagram shots I think there's a piece of rock that's missing there yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and hopefully nobody else has taken another piece of yeah. rock. yeah
1: they probably it have over the years gets
0: so. a bit shorter every year
2: yeah <laughs> Well, that's okay, because it's less of a climb then. It's quite a climb.
0: Yeah, true, (laughs) true. So, Craig, you're a listener of the show, and so you probably are familiar with this last little segment that we run with some of our guests, and that is the quick fire round. We thought that we can't let you off on that (laughs) one. We're just going to Yeah, we're going to put you on the spot and just ask you a few questions and see what first comes to mind. So, Chambers, how about you kick us off? Okay. So,
2: Craig, oceans or lakes?
1: Uh, oceans.
2: Beer or wine?
1: Beer, clearly.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Despite living in Italy. <laughs> True. <laughs> lamb or
0: crayfish?
1: Lamb. Don't get much lamb up here.
0: Mm. Oh, okay. North oh. or South Island?
1: I wondered <laughs> if you'd spring this one on me. Um, <laughs> Well, uh, South Island.
2: <laughs> favourite place in NZ? Uh,
1: I think the place that stuck with me the most was, I've only been once, but it was absolutely amazing, Stuart Island. And, mm. and when, people, when people ask me what's the best, best place in New Zealand, I always reply Stewart Island because it's pretty amazing down there. And it's yeah. not a place that a lot of people get to.
0: That's right. So, yeah, it's a pretty special place, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is. Okay. And finally, your favourite holiday spot in the world? Mm-hmm.
1: somewhere I've been or somewhere I'd like to go
0: Either. well if it's your favorite I've been you probably yeah. have to have been
1: there I think well the the, <laughs> the holiday that we had most recently just in December before uh, COVID hit was in Thailand which was absolutely spectacular so I'd, yep. I'd go back to Thailand and I uh, drop the hat uh, it was amazing so yeah Thailand okay
2: was, and because you've obviously got somewhere in mind <laughs> uh, where are you looking forward to <laughs>
1: I have never spent much time in North America. So I'd love to, I'd love to go to the USA. Hmm, um, cool.
0: I've
1: been there for a couple of work trips, but never on a holiday. And I'd like to spend some time there and, and, and travel around.
0: Perfect. Awesome. Well, look, you passed out with flying colours. Thank you for being <laughs> a good sport. <laughs> and answering those questions for us. Oh, Craig, look, well, that wraps up our chat for today, but thanks so much for joining us. And obviously time zones aren't super easy for us at the moment, but we really appreciate taking a time out of your busy day to chat with us. And yeah, it's been great to hear. You good to talk
1: to you. Thanks so much.
0: Yeah. And
1: I look forward to there. getting back to New Zealand.
0: Yeah. Uh, I reckon this year you will, but I think you'll be able to come home this year.
1: Let's bring it and bring in everyone for trends.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> a big call. Cool. That's a bang. Uh, I was going
1: to would be They would be coming. If Trends was open for international buyers, there would be, there would be coming, people coming, definitely. Product yeah. managers would be on the plane, first plane down, without a doubt.
2: Yeah. Also, well, well, that's great to hear. And thanks for being one of our listeners all the way in Italy. We
0: appreciate it. Yeah.
1: It was good to hear the list when you read it out <laughs> Yeah, under last year.
0: Okay, all the best. We'll see you later. Thanks very much. Thank nice you